Hello, welcome to Dying to Talk. I'm Buddy Feneff, a fourth generation funeral director in New Hampshire and the owner of Feneff Funeral Homes and Crematorium and the founder of the Cremation Society of New Hampshire. My co-hosts today are Mandy Damaris and Madison Smith, both longtime funeral directors with our firm. Hello, I'm Mandy. Thanks for joining us on Dying to Talk. Hi, I'm Madison. We're excited to discuss some frequently asked questions about the funeral industry. Dying to Talk is a lighthearted and upbeat discussion of those topics no one really wants to talk about. Each episode, we will choose a subject that is related to funeral service, the cremation process, or death and dying. On this week's show, we're going to be talking about therapy dogs and their use with the dying and the bereaved. Our guest is Sharon Corolia. She's a volunteer with the VNA of Manchester in southern New Hampshire. And unfortunately, she could not bring her therapy dog, Sophie, who had a prior engagement, evidently. Well, busy, busy social busy schedule, those Sophie pups. is, she's in demand. <laughs> um, so Sharon's going to talk to us about her, her use of therapy dogs and, you know, how they help um, the bereaved and, and hospice patients and other, and other, not just hospice, other patients. And, um, you know, as we know, I, I think many of us here have dogs and mm-hmm. have had dogs their whole life and or other various Pets, Madison has a tortoise. <laughs> two tortoise. She has two tortoise. Is this thing a therapy tortoise? Tortoise? Uh, we, we can bring him in. It's fine. Yeah. You've thing. already brought him in. That's true. <laughs> I could bring in my dog yeah. and bring everybody's blood pressure up. I remember the day he escaped from down here, and Ooh. two and a half hours later, he had made it three more feet. <laughs> <laughs> Today, we're going to be talking about therapy dogs and their use um, with the dying, bereaved, and specifically in hospice settings. And our guest is Sharon. Kural. Did I pronounce that correct? You did. Okay. Um, and she was going to bring her um, her therapy dog, Sophie, but Sophie had a prior engagement, I guess, so was not able She's to make it. She's very busy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, With a face like that. Hi, Sharon. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Dying to Talk. Thanks for coming. Thank you. So how did you get into... Now, let me... You, um, you do this as a volunteer. So, yes, I'm a hospice volunteer for VNA Hospice here in Manchester yep. in the local area. And so I began volunteering for them when they were there for me when my mom was dying in my home mm-hmm. with hospice care. And their angels came every day, and we would never have gotten through that time in our lives, like for three full weeks, night and day, of caring for a dying parent that you adore. And without them, I knew one day, one day when I could, I would redo you know repay the favor and somehow give back to hospice so we actually have, we've had a couple shows we've talked about we've had a number of hospice um directors here we actually had your quote-unquote boss susan dutras who's the director of all so we talked about hospice and volunteering and important but hospice and therapy dogs is something how did so how did you make the jump from i want to be a hospice volunteer to hey i want to have my dog involved with therapy and Right. So that's a great question. So I had a therapy dog for myself because I suffer from multiple sclerosis. And um, for certain various pieces of that disease, it's, it's nice for a patient to have this. And so I also am a Reiki master. And Reiki is a healing energy, mm-hmm. therapeutic touch, sort of. So I also do that for hospice. So I thought, well, I'll start off with doing Reiki for patients and see if I can bring some calm and clarity to the patients and maybe even the relatives who are visiting. And then I thought, I bet Sophie would be useful. I know she's useful in my home situation. So I just read everything I can. And we're going back 11 years when the guidelines weren't too strict. I read everything I could get my hands on about training a dog to be a therapy dog. What does it take? What kind of temperament? Obviously, it has to be a very tested and tried and true temperament that this pet has to have, and it doesn't have to be a dog. 
So I did all of the training, and I realized she had the perfect temperament. She's hypoallergenic. No one will sneeze. There's no shedding. I took her to the veterinarian, asked the veterinarian his opinion. Do you think this dog would be a good in a setting such as a hospice setting? He said, absolutely, I'll sign off on it. Presented the documentation to, well, it was Linda at the time mm -hmm. at hospice. The volunteer coordinator. And that's yeah. right. And so that took off. So you have to have a, a, a veterinarian's approval. You do. Mm -hmm. And you have to have a signed documentation on all of the immunizations, of course. Right. And it has to be a temperament-tested dog. Does the dog, because I know my wife, and I'll get into this later on, but my, one of our dogs was with therapy. But my wife actually brought the dog to a like, therapy class and get this little thing, and it gets to wear this little thing on the back. Did you have to go? I mean, is that still required now? Well, <laughs> let's just say that back then I went online and ordered the vest. Okay. Okay. All right. So are they, are they considered a service dog or a therapy dog? Well. Is it the same thing? It's not the same thing, mm -hmm. but, you know, everyone has their different judgmental ways of dealing with this and i mean on the airlines you can take an emotional support dog mm -hmm. for free on your lap right. mm -hmm. if it's you know of the accurate size with no documentation needed so for this purpose i trained her myself and got a veterinarian's approval what would happen in the future would be up to susan and our volunteer coordinator would right. need to be contacted right mm -hmm. You mentioned that your dog is hypoallergenic. Is that a requirement to be a therapy dog? Because you're going into so many hospitals or nursing homes where there could be potential allergies? I think it's wise. I don't know if it's a requirement. I have to answer. Honestly, I'm not mm -hmm. positive about whether or not it's a requirement. It ought to be if it isn't because there are people with allergies. And it could be anyone you pass in a hallway. It could be a patient or a family member in a patient's room. Very good. Sorry, go ahead, buddy. No, go ahead. Oh, so... Are there, I mean, you, you have, your dog is a, um, what did you? So they call it a Maltipoo. Multi so yes, she's half okay. Maltese, half Poodle. Yes. And so both of those dogs are hypo. Is that a common breed for this type of work? Or are there specific breeds that are better than others or that you see more often than others? I've seen hospital settings with golden retrievers in them. Mm -hmm. And we know how gorgeous and perfectly temperamental mm -hmm. those dogs are. And they shed like crazy. Yes, they do. So <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's not a requirement. Mm -hmm. I think it makes sense. Right. So let's, what, what do you pay me? Do the, do the hospice patients or their families, I mean, how do you broach the subject saying, hey, I'm going to bring, or you being just a, a hospice volunteer, you just bring the dog with you and... So, right, I get assignments from right. my volunteer coordinator, Susan. I get assignments, on do on documented assignments on where to go, who to see, what they're suffering from, what their age is, and what their needs are, or if they're not, some of them are not verbal. So what their families believe their needs are. Mm -hmm. And so we go. And um, we can pretty much go whenever we want to go because... They're, they're not mostly awake when I go. Mm -hmm. If they are awake, that's when miracles happen because they may not have been verbal for weeks, days, could be longer. And um, Sophie and I walk in and with permission from the attending care people or family members if they're there, and sometimes we're alone in the room with the patient, but I still am kind enough to ask the patient, can we touch your hand? If I get no response, that's a yes. If I get a response, it's a yes. <laughs> and so I let them know that I'm there with a hand touch. And then I let, I command Sophie to lick their hand. Mm. And then I place their hand on, she has, she has hair like we do, not fur, 
like most dogs. And so it's very soft and like cotton. If she were here, you'd be feeling it. And uh, something inside of these patients stir. Most of these patients have had dogs before in their healthy lives. And they come to life briefly. If it's a smile on a lip, an eye flutter, a word or two, and often if it's a word or two, it's the name of the dog they had as a child. Mm. And sometimes that's followed with tears. Yeah. Often that's followed with tears because they're in a very vulnerable position anyway. Now, have you have you had patients, because some people are have a fear of dogs. Have you had people say, oh, no, my mom doesn't like dogs or... or um... Well, I would never be sent to that patient's oh, You wouldn't. Room. Okay, so you, they've this already is a requi- they, Yes. Oh, okay, okay. Yes. I that part. All right. Yes. So our volunteer coordinator is looking to find ways in which we can be useful to their loved one, let's mm-hmm. say. Or it could be the social worker who's working with the patient. And how can we be useful to the patient? Is the patient going through a major anxiety, severe depression, not eating, comatose, any or the family? It's It affects everybody. Oh, sure. A really cute puppy is yeah. a big deal. Oh, absolutely. Especially in a situation that's sad. Mm-hmm. Our... our- Patients and families, you know, patients who are able um, and families able to go beyond just kind of the the petting and touching. Can they play with the dog, fetch, tug of war, that kind of stuff? So I bring treats with me, little tiny cut up pieces of vegetables that she likes, and I bring them in a little Ziploc bag. And if the patient is up to it, I will ask the patient if they'd like to feed Sophie. And they always say yes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so I place the little tiny piece of carrot or pepper in their hand and tell Sophie it's all right for her to kind you know gently lick a piece off and chew it they love it (laughs) and they'll just keep doing it and ask for more and Sophie, by the way, weighs 145 pounds, this little multi Okay, let's go with seven. Seven pounds. Seven, seven pounds. pounds of love. Adorable. Now, is this mostly done at the, um, the patient, the family's home? Is it done at nursing home? I know hospice can, can take place in, um, can you, if, if, if a patient is under hospice care at a hospital, can you bring the dog into it? I mean, there's some. Yeah, I know. I have, I have gone to homes. I have gone to nursing homes. I have gone to hospitals. Because once you put that vest on. Yeah. You go anywhere. Mm-hmm. All bets off. And I'm sure if you go through a hospital nursing home, it must take you forever to get to the patient's room. You know, everyone's stopping the dog. Everyone. And I have a badge and I have a dog. And honestly, the truth is when I go to a nursing home, if we're talking about 100 patients, perhaps, depending on the wing I'm right. in. And we, sometimes I, I have, I'm assigned to see six patients in one day. Mm-hmm. And let's say four of them are fast asleep and there's nothing I can do to change that. So that's done so i find two that are willing and able to communicate and we do that and then i stop by the nurse's desk and i say i'm here sophie's here we have energy send me around where Mm -hmm. can i go use me Mm -hmm. i can bring joy to any person here and they send me everywhere so unlike a therapy dog if somebody were to stop you in the hall you would be fine with them just randomly petting her um well they ask first Mm -hmm. and i'm there for a reason and sophie knows when i put the vest on and we head over there she Mm -hmm. knows it's time for to go to work she takes it very seriously she becomes a different kind of animal when i put Mm -hmm. the vest on her and i tell her it's time to go to work what does her vest say therapy dog therapy dog okay adorable it says adorable (laughs) and there is there's that (laughs) and there's that What color is her vest? Is it so it's black with red. No, with red. it okay. looks like a service dog vest. Okay. It could say service dog. I could buy that patch too. Okay. The internet is a wild place. No. So Sophie's 12 and I can see her starting to slow down. Mm. 
And so um, almost two years ago, I got another one because I felt that the new, I didn't ever want to stop doing this for hospice. And I knew that the new one would learn from Sophie and they could learn from each other. Sophie could perk up a little from the baby and the baby could learn from mm-hmm. Sophie. And so Charlie is his name. And he has accompanied us to the nursing home once with Sophie and I, and he did really well. So I'm pretty sure that Vest is going to get passed on. How old is Charlie? He'll be two next week. And how old was Sophie when she started? Two. Oh, so. I mean, he's a boy, and so there's a little extra vim and vigor going on there. (laughs) And what type of dog is uh, Charlie? Same. 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 So you said um, it doesn't have to be a dog. Are there other people with volunteers who use other animals? Monkeys. Really? Is there anybody in the... No. Manchester? <laughs> that was a very disappointed no. Because I would love that. <laughs> I have heard that it could be a bird, a bunny, a monkey. Um, I would be re- reluctant to do a cat because of the allergens. Right. Mm. But have you ever heard so of weird. a uh, therapy tortoise? Oh, this is this is a person. Oh, Madison has my <laughs> god! <laughs> it sounds like there's potential here. I'm loving it, <laughs> but like, does it lick? No. Well, then no. people don't like fast movements. That would be perfect. I mean, right? it is slow. Or any movements? <laughs> it is slow. Do you want to hold a hard ball of animal? Yes. I'm feeling the like there's a soft factor missing. So no. <laughs> so is this? Is this pretty common? I mean, we deal with a lot of hospice organizations throughout the state, and you're the only person that I know that actually has a therapist. Is it, there are other people in New Hampshire that have, I mean, hospice-specific therapy? I mean, I know obviously a lot of people that have therapy dogs, but anyone Hospice-specific. I hope so. I'm not no, sure. I'm not aware of any. Maybe they'll call in and let us know. Yeah. And we could have, like, a, a support group. A support group for therapy dogs. For, for therapy dogs. dogs. <laughs> people contact you outside of the hospice uh, system do you offer your your dogs for therapy outside of your volunteerism so that's a good question um i personally never have given that any thought however i have had requests from ill very ill of people i know who know about sophie and what we do and they've asked us uh could you come so i for instance, about five years ago, a friend's friend who was an acquaintance of mine was in a very severe um, medical experience. I wouldn't call it an accident. And she was in ICU at the, at the Elliott, really, really, really ill, coma. And my friend said, we're, we're pulling for her. Do you think you could help? Would you bring Sophie? I said, sure. Yeah. This is a dog lover. And we felt it would make a difference. And I did. And they let me in. She was in ICU, like in the ER ICU in the scary part. And we went in and I just let Sophie lick her hand, IV and everything. And I let her fingers touch Sophie's hair. And she did improve. And now she's just wonderful. Exercises every day. And she's very healed. And she knows. And she's grateful. That's wonderful. I would. Yeah. Totally go. But I mean, I'm not going to, you know, market it. Right. Right. You do this as a volunteer. Obviously, you can't spend right, hours a week doing it. Right. That's true. But if I, my father in law was dying recently in Louisiana, well, a year and a half now, and my husband said we should go, but we must bring Sophie. Of course we should. And of course we will. And we did. We spent seven days in his room with Sophie on his bed every minute of every day. Mm-hmm. And he loved having, he knew she was there. And she kissed him, and she was quiet when she needed to be quiet. She knows. 
there's just an instinct that she has that she needs to have to do this job once that vest goes on she knows it's she knows and even though we were in my in-laws home we kept the vest on when she was near him so she would get it mm-hmm. have you ever have you ever had a bad experience the therapy said i mean the dog bites some sort of freakish reaction someone just pathological fear of dogs not realizing what was going on or no no that's good i'm really lucky i've never had a negative experience um they're thrilled to pieces when i walk through the door they jump up from their desk the receptionist oh my god look who's here everyone gather Mm -hmm. around even if you don't like dogs when you see an adorable little dog she is a teddy bear yeah and you know i think that there's a physical effect Mm -hmm. too there's a blood pressure that goes down. There's a pulse rate that goes down. It does affect the physicality of a patient and a grieving family. If the family's nearby, they want to hold her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as long as I stay nearby, she'll allow that. Mm-hmm. I cannot leave the room. It's not just therapy for the patient, the patient's family. Absolutely. Well. If yeah. they're there, yeah. absolutely. Right. Yes. Yes. Can you um, share maybe one of your more touching stories? Um, you know, maybe just a moment that really hit you in the feels. Yes, I can. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that long ago, actually. And it was the time I brought Charlie to, I brought a little friend of mine. She's 18. Her name is Talia and she loves my dogs. And she was just becoming an LNA. And she asked, could I come along? Could I come along? I said, of course I have two dogs. I need two people. So we went and we had six patients to see. And the first four were asleep and the fifth one, went well, but it was brief. And this person was very tired, grateful, but just eyes shut. So the last person was a gentleman and the social worker was in that patient's room. When we arrived, we said, we can come back. He said, no, I'd like to see the interaction. Please stay. So we stayed and little did I know that the gentleman patient's 100th birthday was the very next day. And he was, you know, in a memory deficit unit. And he loved Sophie. Sophie loved him. All of the things we normally do happened. And then before we knew it, he broke down in tears. And he really fell apart and started to talk about the dogs he had when he was a young boy and tell us their names and how sad he was when they left and how it was the worst day of his life. You know, because of his physical condition and his mental condition, he might have been a little bit overwhelmed. Um, I asked the social worker, should we go? Because he's getting really upset. And the social worker said to me, no, actually, this is what we want. Please stay. Let it happen. This needs to happen. He's passing through this world onto the next. Let this come out of his soul today. So we just let him do it. And he just talked and cried and talked and cried. And she just loved it and lapped his face and he giggled and he cried. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, we've all had enough. They keep it very warm there. Mm-hmm. So we left and I did find out he passed the very next day. Oh, wow. So yes, that hit me, struck me. And I realized then how important this work is because where else would, would he have ever gotten that up before he passed over? Right. Would he? Mm-hmm. I don't know. So he did, but he did. Right. It was. Now you mentioned a couple of times about your dog licking. I have a, my, my, 
I promise you two ladies, I would not ask this question. My oh, anyway. my God. So my wife had a Boston. <laughs> He's doing it. We have a Boston Terrier. And she actually used to be a hospice nurse. And she was um, one of our kids had graduated from high school. So we had some free time for college. And so she trained Crosby to be a therapy dog and actually went, did a course and got the, I shouldn't say legit, got the, got the vest and he was all excited. I think she actually had a party for him too with the, yeah, the neighborhood dog. <laughs> of course she did. With the thing, and presents and everything. So she, um, she brought him to the, she called the VA, she brought him to the VA and, you know, went through all the, you know, through the patients and the nurse the VA, the VA. Yeah. yeah. And Crosby's a big licker. And she, after going here for a week or so, she got called by the head social worker and said, I'm sorry, your dog licks too much. You can't bring him back here anymore. <laughs> well, that's cute. Now, Sophie's a big licker too, but you're talking about ill patients. Um, they were nursing home. I mean, the, the VNA, I don't know. I got to be honest. I don't know if it was because at the time the, v, v, um, the VA, VA still had a re- regular hospital. Hospice. This, was, this was mostly through the nurse VA hospice. Oh, it was. I mean, hospice. I'm sorry. The VA nursing home. The nursing home. Yeah. So I don't know. She so like, was just asked to. Um, does it matter if a puppy licks a dying patient's hand? Does it? I mean, if they're yeah. already. Yeah. These were, these were not dying. These are just regular nursing home I think, patients. And I maybe... think there's a difference. I'm not a nurse. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I just thought think that was there's... sort of curious where the, pa- the your, vets... Your dog love... got kicked out of volunteering. That's... Yeah, kicked out of volunteering. But, yeah, you know, yeah, letter, so. I, I, I would, if anyone would fail, it would be Charlie, and Will's just have to see how that goes. Thank you for joining us on another informative episode of Dying to Talk. I definitely learned a lot. If our listeners have any questions about funerals or cremations, either in New Hampshire or Vermont, I'm happy to answer them. Just email me at buddy at finef.net. That's buddy at P-H-A-N-E-U-F.net or call me on my direct line at 603-625-5778. Our contact information is in the show notes of this episode too.